0: The following passage is from one of my great-grandmother's memoirs from 1918, which was the first anniversary of the Great October Revolution, when she lived in Kharkov, Ukraine. Folks, why are you so unhappy marching in your parade? Written by Nina Surachenko in 1992. Read by her great-granddaughter, Maya Marana Posley. I remember, as if it were yesterday, those grim, gloomy, predictable days of glorious celebrations, those spontaneous manifestations identifying the days of national anniversary in the Soviet Union. Such a rush of days. February 23rd, Red Army Day, March 8th, Women's Day, May 1st, International Day of the Workers, November 7th and 8th days of the October Revolution, and on and on. Yes, I remember. As an immigrant from the Soviet Union and as a citizen of these United States, I am able to speak from the perspective of two civilizations, realizing how each manifests itself through its parades, these celebrations of national consciousness. A parade is certainly a nation in microcosm, an inveterate parade watcher, in the last three decades I have witnessed parades in Phoenix, Arizona, St. Paul, Minnesota, and in New York City. The one in New York City stands out in high relief. It is the fourth day of July in the year 1976, the bicentennial year. Along with thousands of other American citizens, I am a participant. How unlike my former home in the Soviet Union. Here. Sidewalks are jammed with people of all ages. None compelled to come watch the parade. Some have been here since seven in the morning. One sees smiling, happy faces. One hears genuine laughter, careless yells, joyful greetings. Vendors also have a good day. Hot dogs, pretzels, and chestnuts are hardly enough for the crowd's hunger. Children enjoy cotton candy and ice cream. As do their parents. But listen. The sounds of music come closer and closer. And now, (gasps) column after column of young people marching. Their bright and gay colors as rich and varied as the American landscape. Listen to the stomping of thousands of feet. The rhythmic movements. Watch the dancing of little girls waving their batons. Oh, the little island of Manhattan rocks and symphony. But there are other memories of other parades in other lands. It is the morning of November 7th in the year 1918. A celebration of the anniversary of the Great October Revolution is occurring. Each of us, each citizen of the Soviet Union, from small children to the very old, all people of the so-called Free Republics, under the boot of the great fathers and leaders of the revolution in Moscow, are expected to celebrate these days. And this is to be yet another spontaneous manifestation. Although the slogans, music, songs, and parade route have all been arranged by the Communist Party. For one living in a free society, this is impossible to conceive. But in the Soviet Union, one's work, plans, and calculations are all controlled by the Party. In Moscow, Kyiv, Harkov, Leningrad, in each city and town, from farmers to those fortunate enough to work in the arts, they are all controlled by the party. The so-called communist cell reminds one that he or she lives in a slave state. It is early morning, before sunrise, and a party supervisor is anticipating our arrival. He is checking his list with all of our names on it, noting those who were not present at the meeting last night. So as not to be fired, Not to lose a piece of bread or any food rations for his family and his kids. He is already making his special remarks. Suspicious of who might be a counter-revolutionist or who had a dismal look on their face. Who might be faithful to Ukraine. Who knows? Maybe you're already doomed to step on the terrible path of the GPU. AKA the NKVD, Cheka, secret police... We wake much earlier than on work days. Splash cold water onto our faces. Hot running water was a luxury we could only dream of. Gulp down a crust of bread and yesterday's cold potatoes. All washed down with homemade barley coffee without sugar or milk. We don our shabby clothes. Our suits, dresses, and coats now years old, now altered, even dyed a new color for the occasion. Moments later, We rush to our places on the street corner where our unit is gathering, our shabby shoes sliding in the mud as we curse, in thought only, these revolutions, celebrations and parades. In early November, in the Ukraine, the days are already cold, a drizzling rain followed by snow flurries, the sky gray, heavy. We are hungry and tired, defeated, but must hide it behind perpetual smiles fashion for the party leader. He stands there, notebook in hand, chronicling the day and our behavior. He walks before the rows of his unit, closely reading our faces. He, or she, oftentimes it is a woman. Himself is cold, yet not as hungry as we, and he is warmer and better dressed. His mission is to enforce party discipline. We know in our hearts He stands between us and interrogations, tortures, exiles to Siberia, and even death. Our lives are in his hand and how well he knows this. So we smile, pretending to be happy, proud to be celebrating the great October revolution. But in our silence, we remember those taken to forced labor camps and never seen again. I remember my father, shot before my very eyes, because he had no calluses on his palms. And I remember my mother exiled for years to a forced labor camp only because she insisted on keeping an icon of Christ in our home. I hear someone say, hey, friend, your eyes are filled with tears. Wipe them fast before he notices. He's getting close. Thank you, friend so we stand, hour after hour, waiting for our commands. To kill time, to cheer yourself or a friend up, if you are a person with a sense of humor, and if the comm cell man is not watching, and if you are sure that your neighbor standing close by is not an agent of the checker secret police, they are dispersed all over. You'll whisper something funny to your friends. Just be careful not to mention the names of our great leaders. Suddenly, the music starts. Some brave triumphant march of the Soviet Red Army. The melody and words, all approved by the party. Our column starts to move. At first the steps are normal, even slow. Our strides stretch longer and longer and soon we are stomping in the mud, splashing over pools of water, slipping on the cobblestone. The head of your group, the column leader, runs first. Every second, looking over his shoulder at his group. Ah, how well we are galloping, he smiles. He knows that his people are not running in an organized style, not turning their heads, smiling at the place where our great leaders, the fathers, are greeting columns of happy Soviet citizens in Ukraine, that he will be punished or fired or put on the Special list that no one wants to be on. The dreaded list. So we race ahead, stepping longer and faster, smiles brighter, slogans louder. People are breathless, especially the old and sick, choking, perspiring in the cold. But you don't give in. You keep up in this horrible race. We approach the platform of Communist Party dignitaries embrace ourselves, standing taller, burning her smiles for these supreme statesmen, for these loving fathers, for these party men, members of the Politburo, the supreme policy-making body of the Communist Party. In passing, the column leader sees they are pleased. Ah, such a spontaneous manifestation of love and affection for Mother Russia. His job is secure, at least for the time being. We are finally at our journey's end, out of the town square and our smiles disappear from our haggard faces. We are tired, cold, emptied, but soon to be free of the party, the politburo, and the column leader, and all the rascals, if only for a little while. They will, later this evening, attend a lavish party where caviar and bottles of vodka will be served We will return to our unheated homes, to our cold potatoes and barley coffee. It is twilight. The lights in town square have been turned on. We are allowed to return to our homes, to our private selves. Humiliated, insulted, crushed, despising ourselves. We drag our bones homeward, choking on anger. But there is more. We, are obligated to attend this evening's meeting for our work unit where we will be instructed in the principles of Marxism, Leninism, Stalinism, by a guest speaker, by a high-ranking party boss from Moscow, here to enlighten us. My god. Again and again, we have to listen to these revelations. Well, this evening, Instead of being home with our families, with those who we love, resting after this day of indignation, we will meet at the party hall to be reminded that we are indeed slaves. Swearing under our breath, hating more and more this great October Revolution, its leaders, its spokesmen, its instruments of terror, we somehow, after a light supper, all of our suppers are light drag ourselves to the hall. We enter to the party band playing The International. We remove our caps and scarves and sing our anthem, this song to peasants and workers. There are no other songs or music other than the patriotic ones praising the fathers of Stalin, the people's beloved leaders. There are no sincere smiles no spontaneous laughter, no dances, no joy. There are no refreshments, no caviar and vodka, only the smell of perspiration and coarse wet wool, the stench of despair. I noticed that my neighbor, a nice man working in our college, was singing the international hymn with such a glorious patriotic expression on his face, looking extremely happy. I knew him well. He was very critical of the horrors of the Soviet regime. He was a big tall man with a good, profound bass voice. But, standing close to him, I couldn't hear even the lowest whisper of a sound. He was opening and closing his mouth intact with the melody and words of the international. But he never sang. He was only pretending. Happily looking at the party man who stood at the side of the platform and watched and watched, trying not to forget who didn't sing or who was singing with a melancholy expression on their face. And my neighbor had never been on the party's enemy list. And he never sang. That's the first time I realized the difference between perception and deception and the power behind it. These are my memories of celebrations in the USSR. But in 1936, these great days of celebration would sharply change.